The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. Peace doesn't occur by accident, but by the way of the warrior. No matter what you're facing, what you're going through, no matter how much you struggle with fear, anxiety, or stress, or depression, you can have this deeper peace that is the core of who you are, so that the center of who you are always has the calm of this confidence that God is with you, no matter how much the storm is swirling around you. Erwin McManus teaches ancient biblical practices to fight for peace. Homer's glad to see us as these folks are. Uh, we maybe it's because they know Erwin McManus is here. Uh, by the way, if you've heard uh, what he's written, some of the great books, you might want to just call somebody right now. Keep watching, though you don't want to miss what he's about to say here. But you might want to call someone and say, "Hey, go to Life Today right now. Tell them where to find it." They ought to go there every day. I appreciate you doing it. But let's uh, listen. Uh, to Erwin McManus, and he's written The Way of the Warrior. I've got my finger already to the table of contents because we're going to touch on some very specific things. Would you welcome Erwin McManus back to life today? That's so great to you. All right, you, you, you talk about uh, the battle for inner peace, mm -hmm. and that's really important because everything around us seems to feed our fears our doubts, uh, the things that distract us or inappropriately attract us, mm -hmm. all these things uh, take away peace, and it's like people seem to be willing to settle for less, and you talk about the warrior fighting for peace. So it's Absolutely. really important. So you're talking about, I would, would think you're talking about a, a supernatural peace, not something we conjure up. Or pretend to have, but that we actually can have peace that passes understanding that we can actually have peace in the midst of a storm, in the midst of chaos. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. In fact, it's more than, than we might think because there's a lot of things we can fake, but it's impossible to fake inner peace. Wow. And, and we spend most of our energy trying to pretend we're not in a battle, and we, don't, we should be using that energy to actually step into that battle. Yeah, and we're certainly not defeated in that battle. We no. don't ever want to look like that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, one of the things that really strikes me is this odd tension that you can have a deep faith in God and still be struggling with loneliness. Mm. You can really trust Jesus and still be fighting depression. One of the passages of Scripture that really captured me was how Elijah has this epic moment where he prays fire down from heaven. And then the very next moment, he's running for his life, mm. hiding in the wilderness, and says to God, just kill me. I've had enough. Mm. And when I read that, I thought, wait a minute. This looks like my life. <laughs> this looks like me. I have these highlight moments, and it's followed by this low light moment. I have these moments where I think, I'm never going to doubt again. Then I have a moment where I'm going, God, I can't make it one more day. What is it about us along the way? And one of the things that really struck me as I began looking at the scriptures and dealing with issues like depression, like anxiety, like fear, is that How first... How would you define depression? Depression is when you're so overwhelmed by the life you have that you can't bear to live any longer. 
because it moves you toward despair. I mean, the word depressed means literally be pressed down when life feels too heavy for you. I think the best way to describe depression is when you feel like you're pulling all your past into the future, you're actually depressed because you believe your future is going to be the same as your past. And that's when we it's get depressed. It's a sense of hopelessness? It is hopelessness. Mm -hmm. But here's the good news about depression. You cannot be depressed if you cannot imagine a different you. You cannot be depressed if you cannot imagine a different life. Somehow you're saying it really shouldn't have to be this way. Surely it doesn't have to be this way. Right. If you thought this is all there is, you wouldn't be depressed. Right. You would just exist. Yeah. I have a, a Labrador retriever. It, it's never depressed. It never wakes up saying, I should be a Doberman. You know? <laughs> it, it, it's never overambitious. My lab just eats and sleeps. And, uh, and, 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 and it I think, loves you unconditionally. That's, that's right. That's it really why. does. But Amazing. not cats. Not cats. No. <laughs> <laughs> but, but think about us as human beings. There's this phenomenon called phantom pain that I've studied for years. Phantom pain can only happen if you lose a limb. If you lose an arm or a leg at war, perhaps. Yeah. And then you remember that limb, and it's as if that limb's still there. In fact, you feel pain where that and limb once was. not there, yeah. For phantom pain to happen, you have to lose something that you actually did have. You never experienced phantom pain for the second head you never had or the long tail <laughs> you never had. And depression is the phantom pain of the soul. Mm. See, human ideals are the phantom pain of the soul. We're talking about peace. We're talking about world peace, but we've never known world peace. We're talking about inner peace, but we've never known inner peace. You are fighting to feed every child on this planet, but we've never known a world without hunger. Mm. We fight for a world where everyone has justice, but all we've known through history is injustice. Every human ideal has no evidence it can exist. And yet we humans are driven by these ideals. And I'm convinced human ideals are the phantom pain of the soul. Our souls remember what it means to be human, mm -hmm. even though we're living beneath our humanity. Depression is our soul's way of letting us know you were never created to exist and survive. You're created to live and to thrive. Mm. Okay. So with all this around us, knowing that the world will always be chaotic without the Prince of Peace, you're talking about us in the midst of chaos, in the midst of the storm, in the midst of all the challenges mm -hmm. that the world can throw at us, that the father of lies can throw at us, mm -hmm. that the murderer can throw at us, that we can actually achieve peace and that we should be willing to fight for that abiding peace? Yes. Because I want to tell you something. I've experienced that. I know you have. And it's supernatural. And, and, and people who know you know you in have. The storm, in yeah. the storm, I've experienced it. Mm. Because I also know what it is to be so defeated that you despair of life and you actually ask your wife to pray you die in your sleep. And it's hard to believe that could happen to Christians. But see, I'm owning the reality of that defeat. Right. And I really think it was when I cried out. By the way, a friend of mine said this today. He said, you know what religion is like? Religion has said, I just really messed up. Don't tell my dad. <laughs> but Christianity, true faith is, I really messed up. Let's tell dad. Mm -hmm. Somehow, isn't there something about that reaching up and reaching out to the one source of peace and acknowledging that we need it and what's inside is not only created by the turmoil around us, but the fact that we allowed it to impose its way on us. Yeah. And, and how do you then inspire somebody 
to fight for and be a warrior for that abiding peace. So how do we move every viewer and the people in your church? You said 5,000 people got saved in Hollywood, for heaven's sake. Who would ever thought that? <laughs> and it was a miracle. That's in a year, right there in downtown. Absolutely. Impossible. Okay, so how do we give people hope to move into that peace, to deal with this depression, and start being lifted out of it. Yeah. One thing that's so important to know is that this is what connects us all together as humans. Whether we believe in God or don't believe in God, whether we've come to faith in Jesus or not, whether we're Buddhists or Hindus or Muslims or Christians, all of us had this common experience of feeling depressed, of feeling afraid, of feeling like we're not enough, of feeling insignificant. And we need to pay attention to the fact that all seven billion people are in the same story. That should tell us that there's something bigger going on than just our existence. The last quote in the book is the warrior stands in their pain. Two years ago, I was told I had cancer right before Christmas. My wife and my kids, it was really devastating for them. I had stage four or stage five, I think, cancer, and uh, they caught it very late. And I didn't know what the future was going to look like. They did a six and a half hour surgery that was supposed to last two hours. Hmm. They put me in a, a hospital room at 9 p.m. And at midnight, I woke up. I woke up my wife who was sleeping next to me. And she was panicky. She goes, are you okay? Are you okay? Because she was surprised I was awake. And I said, no, no, I'm good. I said, I, I just, I want to wake you up. I'm going to get up and I'm going to walk. I had six holes in my stomach. And my wife says, you're not getting up and walking. I said, no, I'm, I'm getting up and I'm walking. She goes, you are not getting up. And then, she, and then she ratted me out, called the nurse over. And, uh, you know, and, and, the, and the nurse says, can I help you? And my wife says, he wants to walk. Tell me he can't walk. And she's like, you cannot get up. You cannot get up. And I said, can I do any more damage to myself? She said, technically, no. And I said, then I'm going to get up and I'm going to walk. And she goes, well, then let me give you some pain killers first, because you, you're going to be in unbearable pain. And I told her, she said, no, you can't give me anything. So this is the whole point. I know that if I can stand in this pain, I can face whatever pain is ahead of me. See, I think culturally we've, we've miscommunicated to people what Jesus does for us. We've, taught, we've told people that if you give your life to Jesus, he'll help you find a way around the pain. And so then the moment they're in pain, the moment their life falls apart, the moment they're suffering, the moment they're disappointed, the moment they fail, the moment they're heartbroken, they feel like God has abandoned them and let them down. They didn't understand God was not going to give you a way around the pain. God was going to give you a way through the pain. And that, because people ask me all the time, okay, you've been following Jesus for 40 years. Does it ever get easier? And I said, no, you get stronger. We keep wanting life to get easier, and God keeps wanting us to get stronger. We keep fighting for the wrong thing. That's why the, the last code is you learn how to stand in your pain. You stop running from pain. You stop running from suffering. You stop running from sacrifice because you realize that your greatness is always on the other side of your pain. That God, what God wants to do in your life can only happen when you find the courage and the faith to step into that pain and know you, should, you step in one step at a time and God will meet you there. And I can tell you this. I don't know fully how to explain it, because when, when they told me I had cancer, I told myself, I give myself permission to feel whatever I need to feel. I don't need to pretend as a pastor or as a follower of Jesus. I'm not going to act like this isn't real for me. And so I said, if I'm angry, I'm going to be angry. If I feel bitter, I'm going to feel bitter. If I'm afraid, I'm going to feel afraid. And I, I don't know why, but maybe that release was a part of it. But I can tell you that I, I never felt afraid. And I was sort of surprised that I never felt afraid. And I had to go back and reflect on that. And I realized is that most people are afraid of death because they were always afraid to live. Mm -hmm. that, that really the fear of death is more regret mm -hmm. than anything else. But I had this deep sense of I've lived 
a life that I never could imagine. I, I, I feel like I have stepped into God's intention and purpose for my life. And if my life is supposed to end, then it ended on a big chapter. And if God wants it to continue, then I get to be a part of an epilogue I did not expect. I have a great marriage. I have a beautiful wife, Kim. I have a son named Aaron, a daughter, Mariah, her husband, Jake. I, I've gotten to see my kids become beautiful human beings. How could I ever be bitter? How could I ever be angry? But what I'm so filled with this is overwhelming sense of, wow, I'm not afraid. And then it hit me. So many of my friends who are atheists keep telling me, Erwin, where's the proof of life after death? And then I knew what it was. The only proof of life after death is life before death. Mm. Okay, you walked, right? And it hurt. <laughs> All right. What happened to the cancer? How are you? Um, two weeks ago, I hit my two-year um, follow-up, and my surgeon, Dr. Khalili, told me I was 100% cancer-free. For those who don't hear that, still peace. You know, we lost a daughter to cancer. Yeah. That was pain Yeah. for us. Most people say there's no greater pain than to say goodbye to a child. Yeah. And uh, I can't imagine that there is. But he walked with us through the valley of the shadow. Absolutely, I can say he stood we, he stood with us in, th in through the pain, and he still does because it still hurts at times. Yeah, absolutely, and one of the things I keep telling people because there are many people I know who are beautiful people who didn't um, have the same outcome of cancer. Mm -hmm. Look, even though that cancer did not take my life, I'm still dying. <laughs> we're, we're all dying. Yeah. The question is not whether we're going to die. The question is whether we're ever going to really live. And. And that, that to me is the powerful reminder that God gives me. And uh, in this life, this life is, um, does have an expiration date. Yeah. And but, so the, but the yeah. person that lives in this decaying yeah. body never dies. That's right. We're not waiting to have eternal life. In Christ, we have eternal life. And that to me is the way of the warrior. Yeah. That you realize that you're not waiting. This is, I hate it when people say this life is practice. Or that this life is like warm up. I'm going, no, this is real life. This is it. Mm -hmm. And you're supposed to live the mm -hmm. fullness of this yes. life because God is fully real. And I, I want to, my, my daughter wrote a song about heaven is where you are. And if Jesus, where Jesus is, that's, that's where heaven is. Mm -hmm. And when we're fully alive in him, we are living in the fullness of that beauty and that wonder. I want to live in that. And I know without any doubt, no matter what you're facing, what you're going through, no matter how much you struggle with fear, anxiety, or stress, or depression, you can have this deeper peace that is the core of who you are so that the center of who you are always has the calm of this confidence that God is with you, no matter how much the storm is swirling around you. And is that peace, is that what you call the, the way of the warrior? Is That's that what the peace right. is? Yeah. The way everyone. Yeah, and I just, I'm tired of losing people I love to suicide. Mm. I'm tired of talking to people one after another after another who are struggling with ending their lives. And it's more hopeless when they, when they feel like, I believe in God and I believe in Jesus and I'm still having this, these suicidal thoughts. And I want people to, to know, hey, if you're not strong enough to fight for yourself, let us fight for you.
because we're not going to give up on you. One of my favorite statements in the Bible is when the guy says to Jesus, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. I think this is the power of inspiration, of encouragement, that you're putting hope into someone, you're putting strength into someone. And I'm absolutely convinced that this is the most important book I've ever written, that this book is going to put into people what they desperately are longing for. Because Jesus is our peace, but you have to follow him on this path of peace to get there. You know, you said many people look at the Bible characters and they only see their highlights. (laughs) They don't see the low moments. They don't see the fact that some of the greatest glory was God carrying them through the defeat. Absolutely. Through their weakness and finding his strength adequate. And, And really and truly, that's basically the story of every great champion in here. You don't find many who didn't seem to miss the mark drastically. Absolutely. And yet uh, we need to learn. And this is what I think Erwin is gifted. You really are. You, you've been gifted by God to help us all, Erwin. And we're very, we're very proud of Jesus in you. <laughs> we are proud of the glow and glory of God on you and your countenance. Every single friend I have that's read this book has said, James, I've never read a more important book. He said, Erwin said, I wish it's the book I give my kids. I could get everybody's kids. I wish everybody would get it. I feel like God's given me something that'll really help you. And really one of the great killers. You know, many people don't commit suicide, but they're walking a living death. Absolutely. It's like they're living suicides until they can just get out of here. God wants you to get out of that pit. He came to lift us out of the pit. I mean, we may have dug it. Somebody's circumstances threw us in it. I mean, whatever. It doesn't matter how you got in. He says, I'll lift you up. And isn't it wonderful that he's leaning down? Think about this. I don't care how deep the pit is. I don't know how much despair or hopelessness you sit. He's leaning down. It's like he tries to get as close to the one in the pit. And he inclines his ear. He just said, just ask me. I'll lift you up. It starts by the ask. But I'm going to battle for this peace. He gave his life for it. He sent the Holy Spirit, one just like him to live in us. We can live with peace. Would you join Betty and me in saying thanks to Irwin for sharing? Thank you so, so much. God bless your family, bless your church, bless your ministry, bless this book. And, uh, you know, we want to ask you to do something. If you'll just help us feed some hungry kids, not look away, and you say, would you mind sending us that book? You better believe it. Because when you give somebody life, we want to bless your life. That's why we're here every day, Life Today. We want you to watch right now. We want you to watch very closely. Our oldest grandson just came back from the area that you're about to see. And we hold the hope for the future of these you look at right now. Watch. Listen. Hear a mother's heart. Throughout God's Word, we are challenged to reach out to the least of these, to the widow, the orphan. There are few places in the world which present more opportunity to embrace that call than Africa. The one we present to you today is Monica, a broken widow whose family is losing the fight for their lives. Yeah, 
doing the best she could as a mother. Monica journeyed in search of new land and resources to provide for her struggling family. But her best was met with impossible circumstances, and she was left to watch her three-year-old starve to death. It's no accident you're watching today. God has heard the heart cry of a widow named Monica who has lost two children and now fears starvation may claim her remaining three. And while Monica is unique, her cry echoes that of countless grieving mothers here in South Sudan. Today, you have the opportunity to answer that cry and the call God has given us all. Hard to imagine losing two of your five children. Betty, what, what do you want our viewers to, to feel in their heart and what do you want them to do as they watch and see this, this situation where we've held mothers who just saw their child die. Uh, we've uh, watched them put them in the ground. What do you want our viewers to do? We've got to understand this is a slow, painful death for these precious little ones. And it's a slow, painful heart for their mothers to watch them die and to know that they have nothing to offer them to save their lives. Nothing's left. They've, they've, they've gotten all the resources that they could get and there's none there now. They're depending on someone that can offer hope to them. We can do this just now by, by first praying for them and then giving an offering to help get the food to them. Please join with us and let's be that hope that these mothers are looking for for their children and their lives. You know, really, she's making it very clear that her heart's crying out. I mean, it's like a prayer. It's a crying out to God. I love my babies. I love my children, and I want to take care of them. And I've tried to tell you over the years, nearly 30 years now, I've tried to tell you that these mothers, they don't have a lot of entertainment. The vast majority of them don't have television. They don't have some place to go. Their children are their joy. And the mothers are the greatest strength in the third world countries. But all of you right now who are watching, would you please help us save children like the one she's talking about wanting to keep alive? And we could have saved those others if we'd have had a, a feeding center in the area where they're starving. Like I said, our grandson just came back from South Sudan. He said, Mimi and Papa, never seen anything like it, but we can just do it. We can do it. Who's we? We the people. The viewers of life today, that's what the missionaries always said, James. We really wouldn't want you to come over and stay if you could just go back and get us the help so we can stay here and be effective. That's what we're doing. Would you right now go get your bank card, please? Dial that number. It's always there as a prayer line. Love pays for that call. Would you go get your bank card, call the number, or go online and make the largest gift you can, knowing this, that for the next several months, think about this, a single gift of $100, we can feed 10 children for the next months. For 50, we can feed five. I want you to stop thinking as high as you can, not low. $30, we feed three. 
But don't think that's small, because for those three, it means everything. See, she's still got three children. Maybe you'd say, I got those three. But if you could say, I got 10, or I can even give $1,000 or more and feed 100 kids. Whatever you can do, I'm asking you to go right now, please, prayerfully, and reach out in love. Take that bank card, dial that number, go online and say, here's my gift. Give the largest gift you can because you're giving the greatest gift. You're giving life. And we're going to tell them about the love of God and the life we find in Christ. But we're going to demonstrate that love first. Would you do it? We have some gifts to send you, and we'll send them to say thank you for sharing life. Please, go right now. Make the gift God put on your heart. In impoverished and drought-stricken areas of Africa, children are suffering. The need is great, and without food, they face severe malnutrition, even death. Through Life's Mission Feeding Outreach, you can save lives by feeding and caring for children currently suffering from starvation in parts of Angola, Mozambique, and South Sudan. With previous reserves gone and mission feeding helping in areas of great famine, we urgently need your support to replenish food supplies to reach the 400,000 children who are counting on us. Your life-saving gift of $30, $50, or $100 will help feed and care for three, five, or 10 children. With your gift, we'll send you The James Code by O.S. Hawkins, an outstanding devotional to help you go from knowing about God to living for God and putting your faith into action. You'll also enjoy this beautifully crafted leather bookmark. With your gift of $100 or more, please request the Passion Translation Bible. This New Testament edition, including Psalms and Proverbs, ignites the passion of the Bible to modern readers by merging the passion of God's heart for His children with the life-changing truth of His Word. Finally, with your gift of $1,000 or more to help feed and care for 100 children, be sure to request our commemorative bronze sculpture, Safe in the Shepherd's Arms. Please call, write, or make your gift online today. You know, I feel like in my, my spirit, I just feel a sense of gratitude. By the way, if you ever call to make a gift, you get a busy it could be that a lot of people are calling in to give their life to Christ. But it also could be a lot of people are calling to help. But you be persistent and determined and say, I'm going to get through because I'm going to be an answer to somebody's prayer. I'm going to be the miracle they're longing for. We're going to send you the Passion Translation. I promise you it'll be a source of inspiration in your devotion time. I promise you that. If you'll help us, would you help us rescue and feed 10? Also, if you would like to have Erwin McManus's book, The Way of the Warrior, just ask for it. It's in the bookstores. Encourage your friends to get it. You may want to get a copy for your friends. But you help us care for these kids and give them a future and give them hope, be an answer to the mother's prayers. You want the book, just ask for it. We'll send it to you to say thanks. Join Betty and me in saying thanks to Erwin McManus. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for being with us. God keep you safe. Thank you so God much. bless this book. And let's live in peace and let's share that peace. The only hope the world's got, the Prince of Peace. Thanks for watching.
Christ wants you to be free. Tomorrow on Life Today, Sheila Walsh encourages you to let Christ change the way you think. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.